Good day, everyone. It's a beautiful day in the Psyche community. Welcome to Psyche Podcast, where we are dedicated to improving mental health together. You are here with your podcast hosts, Dr. Zamika Simmons-Yan and Alyssa Peckham, where we will spill the tea on hot topics in psychiatry. That's right. Here on Psyche Community Podcast, you will get a quick lowdown on what's steaming in the world of mental health. We ask you to listen to the episodes, rate us, and review us. Better yet, share the Psyche Podcast with your friends, where we all can sip on the Psyche tea and maybe have a side of lemon with it. Well, I hope you're excited, because today we have a lot of tea to spill. Now, Amika, I must start out by saying that I am so glad that it is our guests that spill the tea and not us because I try to savor every last drop. And especially because today I have chosen some delicious pomegranate raspberry tea, caffeinated, of course, because I need to get through this slow moving Monday. But what is not going to be slow moving is all the tea that our special guest is going to spill today. And so for those of you that are well-connected in our Psyche community, you may already be aware that we like to celebrate certain mental health-related topics or uh, themes each month, and that's exactly what we're doing here today. So in April, we celebrate our payers, or in other words, our health plan providers. And what better way to celebrate than to bring on an expert in the payer space? So today, we welcome Madeline Shirtliff. Dr. Shirtliff earned her Doctor of Pharmacy degree from the University of Rhode Island and then went on to start her career as a pharmacist at Walgreens before transitioning to managed care. Now she operates as a managed market liaison for OTSCA and her role really helps to bridge clinical and economic and disease state information to improve health outcomes for patients. And her managed care expertise includes supervising utilization management pharmacist teams for various Medicare, Medicaid, and dual eligible special needs health plans. So welcome, Madeline. Uh, We are so happy to have you on today. Great. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and excited to talk with you guys today. Awesome. So I know I I kind of already gave our listeners a brief background about you, but I'm sure I did not do your expertise nearly enough justice. So can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your current role, what it is that you do and how that impacts the delivery of mental health care? Sure. Yes. So again, happy to be here. And I think Alyssa, you did a great job of providing a background of my role and what I do. Um, So I am a managed market liaison with OTSCA. So in this role, you know, me and my team, we deliver clinical and economic information to payers in order to ensure that patients do have, you know, optimal access to products and medications that they need. Um, Additionally, we provide disease state education to our stakeholders in order to support better mental health outcomes for patients. And so I work primarily with regional payers and state Medicaid plans in the South and West region of the country. And so in keeping with theme, um, I am spilling the tea today uh, live from sunny Phoenix, Arizona. So that's a little background on me and, and my role. But thank you, Madeline. But I wanted to just dive in a little bit. I want to pick your brain because I know everyone is wondering, 
What in the heck is a pharmacy benefit manager? Since you are all about economics and outcomes, you're going to have to tell us what is a pharmacy benefit manager and, ind and individual health plans, such as how are they similar, how are they different, and maybe even of how they interact to deliver our health care. Sure, absolutely. So pharmacy benefit managers somewhat act as the middleman between health plans, manufacturers, pharmacies, and even government agencies to manage the prescription drug benefit for health plans. So the exact responsibility of the PBM can vary depending on the specifics of the contract that they have with each health plan but typically their responsibilities will include creation and management of the drug formulary, contracting with pharmacies, negotiating rebates with drug manufacturers, and processing prescription drug claims. So essentially the PBMs take on more of kind of the administrative work so that plans have the bandwidth to work more directly with healthcare providers, patients, and even caregivers. So. PBMs and health plans are different, but they need to work together in order to deliver that optimal health care. Now, when you say that, because it seems like there's a, a working together, but they are different. Um, do any of these inner workings change if it's private versus a public insurer? <clears throat> sure, it's a great question. So the role of the PBM and the health plan don't really change if it's a you know private or commercial payer versus a government insurer so like a fate or, or I'm sorry a federal or state level what will most likely change is going to be the specifics of the contract or agreements that the PBMs have with the health plans so if we're looking at government plans so with Medicare Medicaid for example there's a very comprehensive set of rules and regulations um, that CMS and or state agencies require plans to meet. So very high level examples of these include, you know, maybe the reporting of data, timeliness of prior authorization reviews, specifics of formulary setup, things like that. So in these situations, the PBM and health plan need to ensure that both parties have the capability to meet all of those requirements. When we look more at private insurers, they're not going to be held to those same rules and regulations that a Medicare or Medicaid plan, you know, may need to meet. So in those situations, PBMs and health plans have a little bit more flexibility in working with each other and setting up the benefit. Oh, that, that's so interesting. And so as I was listening to your responses, it seemed it seemed like that was the framework for pretty much all of our healthcare. You know, I could see how those systems work together across various disease states, but how do managed care services really impact mental health care? Is there any specifics there that, um, you know, you could share with us? Sure. So I think probably, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when people think of how managed care organizations impact mental health or healthcare in general is going to be, you know, whether or not they're going to cover patients' medications. So, you know, specifically, we can talk about mental health medications. And 
<clears throat> there are some states and even plans that are you know now allowing or you know maybe requiring open access to mental health medications so that patients are able to get whatever medication their healthcare provider prescribes so so that's great if they don't have open access um you know hopefully it's just a you know prior authorization to label um to just ensure that you know there's there's no safety concerns and that it's appropriate for the patient to be on without having them need to step through a number of different um, drugs. Now, there are still plans that do have strict utilization requirements on mental health medications. And I, I think, you know, with those plans specifically, it's just an opportunity to educate on the impact, you know, that delaying care can have on patients with various mental health diagnoses. But, you know, managed care organizations are really doing so much more than just approving and denying medication requests. Many managed care organizations are creating specific departments and positions to focus on mental health. So they have specific pharmacists, medical directors, and care managers to ensure their members are receiving optimal access to the mental health resources that they need. That's that's awesome. And I, you know, as I was kind of hearing you talk about all of the different options that they have, I feel like I got to ask the money question now because I can't think of one thing that has not been, you know, impacted by COVID-19. So have any of these inner workings or, you know, managed care players been, how has that been adversely impacted by um, the global pandemic? Great question. And you're right. I think that's the number one question probably on everyone's mind. And you know, I actually think that COVID-19 really highlighted the need for increased access to mental health resources for all members and not just, you know, patients that fall into the SMI population. And I think what it, sh you know, what COVID-19 helped to show was that it really is going to require a dedicated mental health department. So I think really COVID-19 propelled plans to get to that point of having those specific departments, having those specific, you know, positions and roles um, dedicated to mental health. And it helped them get to that point a lot quicker than they might have in a non-pandemic state. And, you know, I think you're right that this is something that is top of mind for everyone. And so um, if people, you know, would like more information, I think we could probably have a whole podcast on this. But, um, you know, for sake of time, if people do want more information on how MCOs are managing mental health services during COVID-19, there's a more in-depth interview um, on our PsyQ website with our PsyQ payer section advisor, Jim Kenny, titled Mental Health and COVID-19, A Managed Care Perspective. And it's actually linked in the show notes for this episode. So very easy if people want to go and check that out. You know, Madeline, I am so glad that Alyssa brought that question up as I take some of her pomegranate tea, but I am excited that she brought out the point of the impact of COVID-19. And we think about everything that's going on out here when we think about the political 
boxing matches and, you know, inflation, the pandemic, and, and even wartime, I think it is important for us to understand the impact that it has on our patients and those that we are serving in the mental health community. You brought up a couple of things that was very important, and I'm so glad that you pointed our listeners to more information on PsychU. Are there other resources that maybe you can drive them to? Because I know they want to know more and more about managed care, because I know I do. Sure. Well, I'm happy to hear that. And yeah, I, I hope that this, you know, piqued some people's interest into learning more about managed care. So as I mentioned, I think the interview with Jim is a great start. And there are also um, some PsychU articles linked in the show notes as well that give a great introductory overview on managed care. And if you're looking for even more information after going through those um, articles, be sure to check out the payer section of the PsychU resource library, um, which will allow you to dig, you know, deeper into managed care and its impact on mental health. You know, unfortunately, the pandemic really did exploit a lot of the unmet needs for uh, mental health care, like you said, you know, outside of SMI. And that was actually a really nice segue because Amika and I are working with, um, you know, some other internal OTSCA employees on potentially an upcoming podcast episode on disaster psychiatry and what that means and, uh, you know, its definition and how we respond. So I think that that was great to mention. I'm sure those two will tie together very nicely. Great. Looking forward to um, listening to that. I'm sure that'll be a, a great resource for people. So, Madeline, before we hang up, I do have to ask you, what's your favorite tea? Oh, um, probably green tea. Ooh, that's I know a... that's not. I know that that's not very exciting. Um, can, you know, t- compared to some of the teas that you and Alyssa uh, dive into, but uh, yeah, I, I do say I really do enjoy green tea. Well, you know what? That's a healthy tea. That's very healthy. So that's exciting to hear. I want to thank you on behalf of the Community Psych U podcast for spilling the tea on managed care and all that we need to know with regards to our insurers, with regards to um, all the public and private insurers and pointing us to those wonderful, wonderful resources. Thank you so much. And yes, you will be back again to spill more tea. Great. Thank you. All right, so there you have it. You've heard it for yourself right here on PsychU Community Podcast. But the beauty is is that you don't have to stop here. So definitely head over and check out the show notes for the links to find more resources about today's discussion on psychu.org. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to hear more hot topics right here on the PsychU Community Podcast, please rate and review us and then subscribe so you can always get the new episode right when it drops and for the social media lovers out there check out our other social media platforms like facebook instagram twitter and youtube so until next time thank you for listening everyone and we hope you have a great day